Welcome back to The Brandon White Show, where we have conversations worth listening to give you an edge to win in your business and your life. I'm your host, Brandon White. Here we go. Welcome back to The Edge Podcast, giving you the edge to win in business and in life. Here's your host, Brandon White. Hello, friends. Welcome to the show. Today, we're talking about the KPIs and metrics that you should be tracking on your website to make sure that you're getting the optimal performance out of it, aka conversions. The first metric, number of unique visitors. This is how many unique visitors are coming to your website. And you want to look on look at this in several time, time segments, number one by week, number two by month, and by year to make sure that you're growing and or to see differences. Maybe the third week of the month for whatever reason, you don't get as many. How can you fix that? So you want to be tracking that. Most all of these KPIs and metrics, if you're using Google Analytics and or even a plugin, if you use WordPress or an e-commerce plugin to, to WordPress or Shopify, any of these programs and platforms will be able to give you these metrics. Now, sometimes they're not going to give you these metrics in a way that you can manipulate them and you might need to download them in a spreadsheet format and then manipulate them and run some analysis on them. For the most part, though, you'll get all of these things and especially unique visitors out of the platforms. Number two, session duration. How long does each one of these people stay on your site? And I want to give you some benchmark, so to speak, some examples so that you have an idea where you stand. The first one I'm going to give is the phishing website, which was my first business and ultimately first one that I sold that was a social networking and e-commerce site. Think about a combination site where you have a very niche group of people. In this case, they were saltwater fishermen in a specific region, mainly the mid-Atlantic region, that we're talking about fishing reports, lures they used, uh, conservation issues and or regulations, things like that. So I just want to give you some context. When I sold that site about a decade ago, they were staying, each visitor was staying over 11 minutes. It was about 11 minutes and 30 seconds, which makes sense for that sort of industry. If you're not keeping people that long, then there's probably something wrong with the strength of the community that you're building. Another one that I looked up to give you is Etsy. It's a shopping site. It's a niche shopping site. Usually someone will go there looking for a handcrafted thing, not huge production type brands necessarily. They stay, visitors stay on there about five minutes and 19 seconds. Amazon, very, very specific goal when going to that website, which is to find a product that someone already knows and or discover an alternative to that. People stay in the shopping section for 10 minutes and 16 seconds, which if you think about it, is really long to give you an idea about your e-commerce site if you have one. Instagram, the statistic I pulled, which seems odd, but maybe it's per session and people do multiple sessions per day. It's about seven minutes and 37 seconds. And as I mentioned, ending up, if you have a combination social networking e-commerce site, maybe you're going to pull longer like the phishing site, 11 minutes and 30 seconds. The important thing here is I wanted to give you some examples, but look up your industry 
And if you just use your friend Google, you can go in there and say any anything, hair products, company, uh, CPG in general, consumer products, goods, direct-to-consumer products, e-commerce sites, whatever that is, social networking sites, niche social networking sites, and then benchmark yourself against that industry to sort of give you some direction. Ultimately, you want to keep people as long as you can. And you, you don't want to just keep them for the sake of keeping them. You want to keep them there to get to where you want them to go, whether that's to fill out a form so that they become a lead and or specifically order a product. So it's not just a game of how long they're there. I don't care if people stay at your site for only three minutes if they buy every time they come. So it's a combination of these metrics. You can't look at them in a silo. Number three, average paid views per session. So if they come, how long do they come? And then how many pages do they look at? In general, the industry stats, so to speak, or benchmark is saying we want more page views. I don't really know if that is actually true. If you have an e-commerce site, I don't know that I want people browsing as much as I want people buying. Now, another metric you may lay on top of this is if they are visiting only five pages, but every page, because it's an e-commerce site, they're putting something in the cart. Well, that's good. If they only do two pages, but they put something in the cart and check out, that's fine too. So you have to take all these metrics that you're looking at for your website in context of your business, the industry benchmarks, and what your ultimate goal is. Because all of this doesn't matter if someone stays 12 minutes and they never leave some contact information behind. How are you going to get them? How are you going to talk to them? How are you going to contact them? So these are the types of things that you want to think about. Number four, time on a page. How long are they staying on a page? I like this one because if you were just to look at this alone and you were look at all the pages on your website that people visit and all of a sudden one jumps out and they're on it for four minutes, well, now you can say, okay, how can we optimize that one page better to get people to do what we're trying to get them to do when they land on our website? A lot of people don't zoom out and say, what am I doing with my website? Everybody says, you got to have a website, got to have an e-commerce site, got to have XYZ on your site. Well, that's great, but what's the goal? If you're an e-commerce site, you want people to buy. If you want them to buy, how much do you want them to buy? Do you have a goal? Do you want the cart abandonment rate to be X? Do you want the average order rate to be Y? You've got to come up with these ideas around your website goal. What I see a lot of the time is, is people put up a website, they have an e-commerce site, I'm using that as an example, and they have 50 links at the top and they're pressing people to follow them on Instagram. I don't want someone who just landed on my site to go visit me on Instagram, likely. I want them to stay on my site and buy something. So maybe you shouldn't have as many links on your site, which might increase the time on a page. So you start to think about these things. And just a comment on the Instagram idea. You, you send someone to Instagram to follow you on Instagram, guess what happens? They get lost because Instagram wants them to stay on that site. So they're going to just inundate them with dopamine-inducing posts that from their statistics know that that user likes to watch and stay. So think about these things when you design your website. You want people to stay on the page. And once they stay on the page, do what you want them to do. 
ultimately on your website and or on that page. If it's an order page, then you want them to order. Add that to the cart. If you are on a lead gen page where you're getting their phone number, then you want them to fill out that form. And the other thing is it's not just length. If they only stay on the page for 40 seconds, but they fill out the form, then I'd say you optimize that page. So think about these things when you're talking talking about this KPI of time on page. Bounce rate. When someone comes to a page and or your website specifically, do they stay and engage or do they leave after they visited one page? I looked up some statistics because this is really hard. You've got to know your industry. And the range, which sort of sounds crazy to even give, is generally between 26 and 70%. But now you got to dive in by industry. in industry. Ideally, if you're just looking for some general direction today, then between 26 and 40% would be ideal. Ultimately, you want to be as low as possible because you want people to find you and to find that page that they land on to answer the question that they were looking for wherever they were looking for it. Whether they were looking to buy something, they were looking for information, whatever that is, and however they got there, whether that was organic SEO, a paid ad, a mail piece you put in the mail with a specific URL, a radio ad, a video ad, whatever it is, You've got to match your marketing campaigns so that when they do get there, they're not surprised, they're not tricked, and they bounce. Sure, maybe let's talk about this. So far, we've gone over number of unique visitors, session duration, average page views, time on page, and now we're talking about bounce rate. So let's look at number of visitors, and we get a million unique visitors, but they bounce. And we have an 80%, well, let's just say the high end of the range, 70%. That's not doing us any good. Sure, we could just try to drive more traffic, but maybe we should try to drive more efficient traffic. And maybe they're bouncing because sometimes what happens is the marketing campaign does not line up in a way that makes the user feel like they've seen it and they're on this journey and it matches. So let me give you an example. You got to make sure that, in my opinion, the even the colors of the ad where that got them there, they see on the page. It makes them feel like this is a unified experience. Now, if you have some color palette and then they land on a page with a different color palette with different graphics, then that could be a problem. Because if you think about your experience, that doesn't make you feel like this is secure. You might even feel like someone is trying to scam you or you're not in the right website that someone forwarded you to the wrong website. Could be any of those things. You want to make sure that it is an experience that makes sense. Sometimes I will even put the image on the page if I'm doing a paid ad, doing a paid ad or a video ad, I will put the image that they saw immediately at the top of that landing page wherever they they come from. So that they feel like, okay, this makes sense. And then you can continue that momentum that you've built from that click that they've taken. And then you're probably not going to get a bounce rate. Number six, traffic sources. What are your traffic sources? And really understand them. Are they coming from SEO? Are they coming from paid? Are they coming from direct type in of your domain name? Are they coming from a direct type in of an offer that you gave on the radio or that you gave in a video ad or that you put a direct mail piece out? How are they coming in? Is it any other offline marketing? And then understand what that is and optimize for it. 
You really want to understand your traffic sources. And as importantly, a lot of people that I see react to this. You should have goals. Lean into something. If you're relying 100% on paid ads and you get something like the iOS update that happened, which I am seeing a ton of companies struggling with this, customer acquisition cost goes up 4x. I mean, that changes your entire business. And if you're only relying on paid and something like that happens, you're probably in some hot water. Same thing happens if you relied all on organic SEO and they do an update. You, you want to have multiple ways that people are finding you in your marketing channels. So look at your traffic sources, measure them, and especially measure them when you have campaigns. Interaction. So what are people doing on your website? We've mentioned this in some other statistics, but I would measure the goals. For instance, we do a lead gen free ebook on, I think it's 30 plus pages on on the outline of how to write a business plan and pitch deck if you want to raise money for investors. And we do a paid ad. It's very, our interaction goal is we want them to put in their email and get that ebook. And then we want them to go through a sequence of emails and become part of the community so that they can get to know us and then ultimately maybe purchase something from us when they're ready. So you that's our goal. And I think on that page, we do see about a 70, we're seeing about a 70% conversion rate to get that, mainly because the campaign matches all the way. It didn't happen right out of the gate. We experimented, but we we got it right. And when you get it right, then you can lean into it. The trick on that specific one, as it, I'm using an example, was that the iOS update really changed our, our economics there. I think it went up three or four X and we've been tweaking it to figure out, well, how can we recover that customer acquisition cost almost immediately on some sort of upsell? And I don't think a lot of people in the e-commerce world or in lead gen, in any lead gen, think of it that way. And it's unfortunate because when someone's interacting with you, there's a whole bunch of statistics out there. When someone engages with you and is a quote unquote lead, it is exponential how it falls off almost by the minute. Once they do that, it's just people forget. Think about it. I've got five people doing follow-ups with me of products that we're interested in buying, but I just lost momentum. So think about this interaction. There's, there's a ton to interaction that and figure out what your goals are not just reacting again set your goals and see if you can beat them see if you can meet them and if you don't see why you're not and benchmark that against your industry number eight exit pages where are people leaving it's a great indication like well is this not are they done did they look at 20 pages and this is their exit page because it made sense is the exit page the checkout page or the thank you page That'd be a great exit page. So think about what's happening. If the exit page is in the middle of either filling out a form or an order, why has that happened? I'll tell you, in the e-commerce world, I see too many steps as an example. In the lead gen for a website, too many for, too many things they want filled out on their, on their form, meaning they've got like six must-haves. You can just see the the decrease of people filling that out. And you could say, well, Brandon, if I don't, I want more qualified leads. Okay. Then then that's great. Adjust your expectations compared to the maybe industry benchmarks because 
as you add required things, you're probably going to see fall off in the waterfall and model that. As importantly, model that in your spreadsheets and in your contribution margins so that you understand the economics of how that affects everything because ultimately it will affect everything because it's how many leads turned into qualified leads, et cetera. Number nine, the type of device. This is important mainly for design and speed. Your website should be fast anyway, but if a lot of people, let's say 80% of your customers, for whatever reason, because of the industry you're in, are coming in on a mobile device, then the only thing that would be important to me in that situation would be designing a website for mobile devices and optimizing it as best I could. So understand these. And this can get really hard, especially if you have an app. Apps, when we were developing an app some years ago, it was just a nightmare. Not necessarily as much on Apple, although Apple causes some challenges with all the different models and screen sizes, but more importantly on Android platform with multiple manufacturers and multiple sizes and different operating systems, it, it, it can be a real disaster. So you see some people out there who are doing apps and or even in some cases web apps for uh, the, the device, they'll pick the device and they'll say, we're only going to go after iOS Apple users first, or we're only going to service Android and go after that. And that's a great strategy because then you can really hone in and dominate. Sure, you may miss a part of your market, but you're getting the other part really great, which means you're going to get a high net promoter score. Hint, check another another one of our episodes where I go into that. And then you can ride that wave when you go into a new platform. Number 10, stats by device. So again, what are the stats? In the beginning, you may just stand up a website and then use that. Maybe before you even build an app, maybe you want to build an app, but you build a website that works well, almost as a mobile device and roll with that. And that's it for today, folks. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit subscribe button because we don't want you to miss any future episodes. If you have any questions, please leave them in the comments or email me in the email in the show notes. As importantly, thanks for listening. We'll connect in the next episode. Bye, everyone. 